where we need to be in 2022 or, or how we stay on track in 2022 as we are fastly approaching 2022. Amen? So turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through verse 27. And this message this morning, again, is often what I tell folks all the time. A lot of times we get caught up in thinking, well, you know, I just don't understand the Bible. I, I, you know, that's why I don't read the Bible, you know, and all that. Well, listen, we don't have that excuse, do we? Uh, again, this morning, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that is just so simple and clear. Uh, so the issue is not, do, do we understand it? The issue is, are we reading the Word of God? Are we allowing it to be meditated upon? And are we uh, truly allowing ourselves to be bathed in the Word of God? So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through verse 27, uh, we believe that uh, the majority, if not all, of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, and we think about all the wisdom and everything else that's there. And so this morning, I believe we need some wisdom of how you and I can stay on track with the Lord this next year as we uh, embark on it. The Word of God says this, beginning in verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For there are life to those who find them, and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you deceitful mouth, a deceitful mouth, and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead, and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right, nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Lord Jesus, we come to you. And Lord, we thank you for this morning being able to come to your house, Lord, and worship and sing praises to you, to fellowship, to greet one another. And now, God, we ask you to just speak to us through your word, Lord, that our hearts might be changed today. God, if there be anybody here today that don't know you, Lord, I'm praying, God, that your precious Holy Spirit draw them in such a way that they would refuse to Lord God, um, run or, or say no, but they would 100% surrender unto you today unto salvation. And God, I pray for each believer here today, Lord God, that we would truly search our hearts and make certain, God, we're in the dead center of your will, walking faithfully with you, and that we would plan, set our heart, determine, Lord God, that we're going to spend this next year living, Lord God, the most powerful Christian life we can live for your glory and for those lives that will be reached as a result of it, Father. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to look at several different things this morning as we think about staying on track this next year. As we, as I mentioned a moment ago, in just five days, right, we're going to be entering a new year, turning over a new leaf, starting a new chapter, however you want to describe that. The fact is, we're all getting older, amen? And we're all getting down the road a little bit farther, but we are starting a new year, and I want us to make certain that our hearts are determined, as I just prayed, to live it the way the Lord wants us to live for His glory, number one, and then number two, that folks might see our good deeds and therefore glorify our Father who is in heaven. Amen? And we might be able to reach folks with the gospel being lived out in our lives and verbally shared. So number one, how do we do that? Number one, we've got to learn to listen to the Lord. I know this sounds simple, but we've got to learn to listen to the Lord. Notice verse 20 again. He says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. And I know this sounds so elementary today, but I promise you, you and I live such a busy, frantic, crazy, distracted, confused, however you want to describe it today. We have lives that are so crazy and chaotic that often we're not listening to the Lord. 
we stand up here and me the same and say we're listening to the Lord. We'll even pray, God, speak to me. But the whole time we are so distracted that we're not listening to the Lord. It's kind of like my son. I believe uh, I've been accused of this too as I accuse him of it. But I believe often we have what I would like to say some selective hearing, right? We hear what we want to hear. We hear the official when he calls the plays or, or, or calls the penalty or whatever. We might hear the ladies, i got to include you, we might hear the sale that's about to take place, right? We may hear those things, but some things we just kind of have that selective hearing. My son, as I was about to mention, uh, this has happened more than once. I can say, Garrett, hey, I need you to take the garbage out. And he will respond with a yes, sir, as he's doing something else. And you know what he heard? Nothing. He just knew I was talking. He heard my voice, but he did not listen to what I was saying. And I say this all the time to him. Listen. In fact, that's what I do. When it's something important, I want to get it through to him. I'm like, look at me. Listen to me. I'm listening. I'm like, no, listen, really. Drop what you're doing. Put the phone down, whatever's going on. Listen to me. And then he hears. Does that make sense? And I believe all too often we do that same thing. We don't really listen. We don't do as the Bible tells us here. Give attention to his words. Incline our ears to him and really hear what he's saying. We can hear his voice, but are we really listening? Amen? Is he tuned out? Some of you ladies, I know you've said that before, right? You just tuned me out. Have you ever told your spouse that? We do that to the Lord often, don't we? And his simple instructions is we've got to listen to the Lord. Second of all today, another simple truth but profound is that we've got to treasure God's Word. We've got to treasure God's Word. Listen to verse 20 again. He says, Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Then he says this in verse 21, Do not let them depart from your sight. In other words, man, you're, you're, you're holding on to God's Word. You're treasuring God's Word. He says, Keep them in the midst of your heart. You're guarding them in, in the midst of your heart. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Now I'm telling you, we need to get to the place again where we truly treasure God's Word. You say, well, I love God's Word and I do treasure God's Word. No, I'm talking about we take it to the point where it never leaves our sight. We need to get to the place again where we are truly meditating on God's Word. This is something God just revealed to me simply in the last few days that I need to again begin to memorize and meditate on God's Word. In fact, uh, the bits and pieces of my testimony you've heard with the past with drug addiction and everything else, one of the things that I give credit to, of course, is Jesus, but often His Word, where I would meditate on His Word, that I would just be memorizing God's Word, and I'd be quoting God's Word back to myself and to myself, and that's where God gave me strength to overcome, and that's how we can have strength today to overcome if we would truly treasure God's Word in a way where we constantly are meditating on it. Man, we hold it dear to our heart, amen, and, and recognize what it is, the actual Word of God that we are to guard and treasure, amen? Man, I've got a lot of things in this life that I treasure. I treasure my family. I love my family. And there's a lot of materialistic things that God's given me, my home and everything else, that I don't think it's wrong to be proud of and to treasure it, and as long as it's not an idol, amen? But I do love and care for. But man, listen, the Word of God has got to be at the top of the list, if you're a born-again believer, God's Word's got to be the top of the list because it is what gives us strength and power and hope and direction and everything else. What does the psalmist say? More than once he says, I've let your Word be a light into my path. I've hidden your Word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Man, the Lord Jesus, if you remember when He was in the wilderness and He was tempted by the devil, what did He do? Did He try to stand up and slap Him around? Although He could have, amen? Because Jesus is one amazing dude. Well, I don't want to say dude, that sounds disrespectful but he's God amen he could have took and ripped his head off but what did he do 
He spoke the word of God three different times. Remember that? Matthew chapter 4, I believe it was. And he just spoke the word of God because that's the power in the word of God. And so we need to treasure it. We need to recognize how awesome it is. We need to be singing it, listening to it, reading it, meditating on it. Make certain it's preached. Make certain it's taught. Amen? It needs to be what we have engaged in every conversation we have. The Word of God needs to be plugged in there. This past few weeks, uh, as we've been kind of heading towards Christmas, man, I was trying to use those opportunities. A lot of different vendors and stuff that we deal with through the restaurants and truck stops and stuff like that. When they'd be texting me, asking me what's going on, our schedules and stuff, and I'd let them know we didn't have orders because some of the places were closed. And I always put this in there. Don't forget Jesus is the reason for a season. I try to pick out something to put in there. We need to engage the Word of God because that's the power of God, as Paul said, unto salvation. It's the power that can truly penetrate hearts. And it's the power to, as he says right here, to even bring health to our bodies, he says in verse 22. It's life to those who find them. And we know that's speaking of spiritual life, so we've got to treasure God's Word. So we listen to the Lord, we treasure God's Word, and then third of all this morning, we're going to stay on track in 2022. We need to keep our hearts pure, don't we? We need to keep your hearts pure. He says this in verse 23. He says, watch over your heart. Whose responsibility is it to watch over your heart? You. Watch over your heart. Now I know as a, uh, men, as, as husbands, as fathers, we have a spiritual responsibility to guard our family. But ultimately it's our responsibility to watch over our heart. He says, with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. We need to make certain that we are keeping our hearts pure. Now, Today, where we live at, this society, man, every day somebody hurts us or somebody backstabs us. If you work around people or you deal with very many people, man, we live in a world where it's almost constant, isn't it? Man, every week, almost every day, somebody's going to do you wrong, somebody's after your job, somebody's after your family. We know Satan is, ultimately, right? Man, there's always something there. And a lot of times... Man, we'll, we'll, we'll say we're guarding our heart and we'll get to this place where we just don't trust anybody. We're not involved in life. We're not going to do anything. We're not even going to serve in the church because I got my feelings hurt or I got hurt this way or that way. That's not what I'm talking about when I say guard your heart or keep your heart pure this morning. That's not what I mean. We need to live lives just walking in obedience to the Lord. If we get hurt, we get hurt. But we need to make certain that we keep our hearts pure from malice and from, from anger, all those things like that. And of course, and all the garbage that's out there, that, that the sexual sins and, and, and just envy and, and man, uh, covetedness, all those things like that, we need to make certain we keep our hearts pure. Uh, I know that you and I most likely are like, we've all said this before, that, that we need to... You know, we need to follow our heart. We've all said that before, right? Well, a long time ago, I learned uh, scripturally that that's not biblical. In fact, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us the heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it? So I've changed that. I don't say follow your heart. I say lead your heart. Amen? When you listen to the Lord, you keep His Word near and dear to your heart, then you can lead your heart and be able to keep your heart pure. Fourth of all this morning, we need to keep a clean mouth. Amen? need to keep a clean mouth. Listen to what he says here in verse 24. He says, put away from you a deceitful mouth. What is that? That's a lying, deceitful mouth. Maybe even a gossiping tongue. He says, and put devious speech far from you. But we need to truly keep a clean mouth. He says, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Now I know that he doesn't go out and say this, 
Uh, he doesn't say profanity, but we know that, man, we need to keep our mouth clean. In fact, I, I want to tell you, if you're a Christian here today, to speak profanity is devious, isn't it? I mean, because you tell people you love Jesus, you tell people you represent Him, and then you're not representing Him with your mouth. I think back, and, and I really don't know if this applies, but I really do, the way I read it, you remember when Peter was uh, three different times, he denied the Lord before the rooster crowed, remember that? Was it the third time? It the Bible, most translations tell us that he cursed. And I always think back to that. I think back to the point that I really believe, and this is personal opinion, but I believe that Peter did that because he's trying to prove he didn't, it was no connection to Jesus, and so he cussed to try to push the point. Man, I, I don't know him. Does that make sense? And so we need to make certain we keep our mouths clean. There's several different passages here I want to kind of draw on this. Number one, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. Notice what scripture says here. I marked the wrong passage. I had more than one passage this morning I was trying to, to mark and uh, uh, I was like, oh no, I can put those two together with a paper clip and so I pulled this out and then I ended up marking the wrong passage. I went to Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 6. But Luke chapter 6 Verse 45, listen to what this says right here. It says, The good man out of the good treasure of his heart, remember keeping our hearts pure, brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth, talking about keeping our mouths clean, his mouth speaks from, what, or from that which fills his heart. So does that not support my point? We've got to keep our hearts pure. And if we keep our hearts pure, then we can keep a clean mouth. Amen? Because out of our heart, our mouth speaks. And then I can't hesitate but, but to go, or can't help rather, but to go to James when we talk about the mouth, right? Keeping the mouth clean. How many of y'all know that James makes very clearly how you are to keep your mouth clean? Listen to this in James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I'll give y'all just a moment to turn there. This is that whole passage where he begins to talk about the power of the tongue and the, the, the evil of the tongue, if you will. He says this in James chapter 3, verse 1. He says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. Just a warning there. And then he turns, he says, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, remember we're talking about keeping a clean mouth, he is a perfect man, able to bring or, or able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horses' mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame for, by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defies the entire body and sets on fire the counsel of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Is he, uh, he's kind of tiptoeing around it, right? No, I think he's making it very clear, isn't he? Verse 9, With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come forth both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be this way. 
Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh water. In other words, today, listen, he makes it very clear. We are to keep our mouths clean, amen? This tongue that's inside our mouth right now is full of deadly poison that can go across every life that you impact in a negative way and tear them down and hurt them and ruin the gospel message that you say that you're living out and you're trying to proclaim and reach people with, this tongue right here can take all of it and make it void. Amen? I'm telling you. In fact, I'm telling you this. You can, you can stand up in a pulpit and preach the Word of God and it be uh, just on fire. It will be, can be amazing. And you can just take a few words and tear down the entire message. Does that make sense? Man, our tongues, as he said, are restless evil. So powerful. We need to make sure that we recognize that and we keep our mouths clean. And as he used that example of our tongues steering the whole body, in other words, representing the whole body, and we need to make certain we keep them clean and we honor the Lord, amen, with our mouth, with our speech. No lying, no gossiping, no tearing down people, no, no speaking anything that we shouldn't speak. Amen? So we've got to keep our mouths clean. i got two more points this morning. We'll wrap up fifth of all this morning. If we're going to stay on track with the Lord. We've got to keep the past in the past. Amen? Listen to what he says here in verse 25. He said, Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Listen, there's some of us today, that Satan is still beating us over the head with something in our past. I mentioned a while ago about hurts and disappointments and frustrations. Some of us right now are reserved. We're not living the life we're supposed to live. We're not serving the way we're supposed to serve because of something in the past. And the Word of God today is saying this, look directly ahead of you. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. I love what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12. He says this. He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I mean, we've got to make certain we are keeping the past in the past. The only thing good about the past for me is September 14th of 1997 when I was born again. And there's a lot of lessons I've learned along the way and I can refer to those. But as I refer to those, I'm still fixed straight ahead. Amen. I'm still looking directly ahead. I often think about this passage and I think about you and I as we're driving down the road, especially if we're driving down the interstate, or no, let me use a better example, we're driving down a good old Union Parish country road, amen? And it's curvy. And there's no center line either, right? What's the most important thing you can do? Is look straight ahead, amen? Keep everything else in your peripheral vision, there's some important things. There's signs. There's, there's another driver probably going to pass by. There may be somebody walking a dog. Maybe a hunter driving a four-wheeler in the ditch. I don't know. Leave all that in your peripheral vision, but you fix your eyes straight ahead trying to avoid an accident, amen, to protect your life and those in the vehicle with you. We need to do that spiritually. We need to keep the past in the past, be looking straight ahead, and quit letting the enemy beat us up with things that have happened in the past, things that have gone on, past hurts, past failures. If there's things in your past that you haven't dealt with, deal with them, but get them under the blood, get them under the Lord's authority, and look straight ahead. Get rid of the past. Amen? Quit looking back. Listen to this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through verse 14. Listen to what Paul says here. 
Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on, so that I may lay hold of that which also was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, listen to this part, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, Satan wants you looking in the past. Satan wants you focused on the past. He wants you in some past rut or some past disappointment, some past failure, some past relationship that's not been made right. But listen, if you've done your part, you need to... You need to exit, amen? You need to go forward. If you've done your part in whatever the situation is, if it's dealing with another person, you've offered forgiveness, you've offered to receive forgiveness, or whatever the case may be, you just go forward, amen? I love what Jesus said. He said, no one, remember this? No one, after laying their hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for what? The kingdom of heaven. We've got to make certain we leave the past in the past and we're looking directly ahead. We have fixed our eyes straight in front of us. Amen? So leave the past in the past. 2022 cannot be effective and powerful for the Lord, for the Lord and His kingdom work if you're living in 2021. If you're living in 2020, 2019. Gosh, I'd love to go back to 2018, wouldn't you? No mask, no such thing as COVID-19. No, But I can't live back there. i got to live right here now, amen, where the Lord's at. He's not back there. He's here. He's right here, amen, wanting to go forward and push forth His kingdom. And then last of all, I want you to see this. If we're going to really truly stay on track in 2022 with the Lord, then we got to watch where we walk, amen? we got to watch where we walk. Notice verse 26 and verse 27. He says, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. And I want to just kind of break this down in two things I believe the Lord wants us to see this morning. Number one, as I watch where I walk, I need to make this choice that I'm not going to walk where it's slippery. Amen? If I don't plan on falling in 2022... I mean, am I going to mess up? Most likely, for sure. But I'm talking about really falling, getting stuck in a rut. Man, letting the enemy really have his way. If I'm going to prevent that from happening, I've got to watch where I walk, and I need to make certain I don't walk where it's slippery. I counsel so many people often, and you know, nine times out of ten, when I sit down with them, and they begin to tell me how they fell, how they fallen into temptation, how they've given into sin, and most all of them were avoidable if they would have just watched where, if we, let me put myself in it, if we would just watch where we walk and choose not to walk where it's slippery. When you go into Walmart and you see one of those yellow cones and you see the, you see the floor shining, do you walk right through the cone, kick it out of the way, and just walk through that wet floor? I hope you don't. Not only are you going to get it dirty, but you may fall. It may be slick, Right? No, you, you try to walk around it and look where the floor is dry, right? It's where it's not slippery because you don't want to fall, right? Well, spiritually, we need to begin to do that. If you're one that suffers and struggles with, with pornography, then you don't need to have a phone or a tablet or a computer or anything that can access that without someone else being notified with some sort of Christian filter or something, or don't have the device at all, go get you a flip phone or something, amen? Do whatever it takes to not walk where it's slippery. If you're an alcoholic, 
Don't go into a liquor store. Don't go into a store that sells alcohol. Don't walk by it. If you go to Chili's, don't sit at the bar, even if that's the last table they have. Just go sit somewhere else. Amen? Don't put yourself in a surrounding where it can become slippery for you and you fall. And that applies to everything. For, for all of us, I used to say this about ladies, but I found out the hard way, it's not just the ladies, us guys like to gossip too, amen? If you don't want to gossip, you control the conversation. When that person on the other line or that person you're with begins to turn that direction and you're wanting to just be like, yeah, that guy or that, yeah, I'm telling you, I believe they did, you know, we want to just go ahead and, and start dogging somebody or whatever. Man, turn the conversation. Control it. Don't let it be slippery where you fall. Is that, man, is that not a perfect illustration? Would we not watch where we walk? Would we not watch the path of our feet? If we do that, it says all our ways will be established. What's that mean? Man, God will lay out the path for us. We'll be in His will. Joy, peace, power, purpose. Man, all that will be in our path. <clears throat> so we need to watch where we walk. In other words, don't walk where it's slippery. And then last of all, as we watch where we walk, we need to make certain that we don't detour. We don't detour. Listen to verse 27. He says, Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Of course, we see the repentance there, but we don't need to detour. Don't turn to the right nor to the left. What's the fastest way to get from point A to point B? The straightest path, right? And we always say this, especially as hunters. Well, that stand and that stand as a crow's fly is only about a quarter of a mile. You may have to go around by the camp, go this dirt road, go that way or whatever, and it may take you forever to get there. But really, as a crow flies, it's not that far. Well, guess what? Here in just a moment, I'm going to go to Point, Louisiana. It's a big, big, big city. Lots and lots of businesses, lots and lots of people. And when I leave this church... And I go out. I'm not going back the way I came. I'm not going to the right and go on through Calhoun and everything else and hit Highway 34 and go back by my house and then go hit the interstate and go to Point, Louisiana and get off at, at the, the uh, Shinny Drew exit. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go out here and take a left off Garland Gin and go right out to Highway 15, take a right, and then take a left on Point Wahrite, and I'm going to beat it by about 20 or 30 minutes because that's the quickest way, amen? I don't want a detour. I don't want to go some other direction. How many of y'all, when you're on a trip, man, you love those orange signs, detour ahead. How many of y'all like that? And you're like, oh, man, that's exciting. I'm supposed to be there in 30 minutes, but I can't wait. I hope this takes me an hour and a half. Any of us like that? No, we don't. i never forget I had a buddy named Mike. He got saved when I was a pastor in Athens, Louisiana, and I took his advice one day. There was something, I don't remember, it was uh, one of those one lane. It was a... Uh, construction but it wasn't a detour they were they just hold the sign and it's one lane you know stop and next thing you know it's slow and they may have the pilot car take you around a bridge or whatever and so we're sitting there and he's like this now i never forget these words i know a quicker way anyway i said oh, okay well what way well guess what it wasn't a quicker way it was a major detour and it cost us a lot of time and i was supposed to be somewhere and it was frustrating but you know what i do that always spiritually god's saying go this way Go straight, go straight. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I, let me do this. Turn to the right. Oh, let me do that. Turn to the left. And spiritually, I'm not where I need to be or where I'm supposed to be because I've detoured somewhere along the way, not watching where I'm going. And then time becomes that battle or that enemy. 
And I should be more mature as a Christian. I should be more effective as a man of God, as a child of God. I should be doing so much more for the Lord, but I'm off on some detour. Kind of reminds me of that goofy story, the children's story. I say goofy, it's pretty applicable though. The, the rabbit and the tortoise. I say turtle though. Can we get a witness this morning? Turtle. Amen. And we know the story. That rabbit took a many detours. Could have been finished the race days ahead. And ends up losing because he took so many different detours, so many different distractions, so many different roads instead of staying on what? The race, the path. And don't we do the same thing? So often, weekly, if not daily, spiritually, God says, here, right here, this is what I've called you to do. This is where I'm leading you. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Maybe a little that selective here we talked about. But God, before then, let me do this. God, before that, let me do this. And we're not where we're supposed to be because we're not watching where we're walking and we're taking too many detours, aren't we? And I know this has been several different points, but they're all so simple for us, aren't they? Do you really listen to the Lord? I'm talking about listen to Him. I'm not saying acknowledge His voice that He's speaking, but do you really listen to Him intently? Hang on every word exactly what he says and then even repeat it to yourself okay Jesus said this and then are you treasuring it when you do hear from the Lord and you're reading from his word and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and confirms things in your heart and your life do you treasure that the King of Kings the Lord of Lords is speaking man I should treasure that word amen but I've got some diaries I've got one for my mamma who was a child of God and I got one for my sister who's with the Lord right now and I often read those, and it's just so beautiful to me as I read, as they begin to write down what the Lord was speaking to them. I can read both of them also where they were praying for me to be saved before I got saved. And I treasure those words because they're important. They're powerful. They're from someone I love dearly who's no longer with me. How much more should I treasure the Word of God that He's left for us and given us? Amen? Do you treasure His Word? Do you, keep, do you try to keep your heart pure? Uh, well, I say try. I love what he said there. He said, watch over your heart with all diligence. Amen? Do you really take ownership for what your responsibility is to keep your heart pure, keep your mouth clean, keep the past in the past, and watch where you walk? If we do that, folks, as a child of God, most importantly, if you're really a child of God, if we do that, man, we'll be on the path God wants for us in 2022. Amen? As a church, as individuals, will we commit to do that? And then if you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord Jesus, you've never been born again, you're uncertain, or you just need prayer, whatever it is this morning, man, this is what this altar calls for, amen? This is not just tradition to me. I, I do this because it's important. This is time for us to respond, deal with what the Lord spoke in our heart. Because if we don't deal with it now, when we leave this place and we get in that vehicle, we get in that parking lot, we get to that house, wherever we go, I promise you Satan is going to full force do everything he can, and most often he wins, and nothing ever takes place when God's already told us to do something in here. Amen? So don't put it off. 